0: Hashem, welcome to our weekly Wednesday night sheer. Lila Nishma, San Barakh Ben Yudha Levi and Amelia Basura. Shchedish Menachemov. Erev Shabbos. Parashas Matas Masai. Interesting, we don't call it Parashiois Matas Masai. They're referred to as Parashas Matas Masai. One Parsha. One Parsha Matas Masai is referred to as one. Um, Chazak of B'amidbar the second of the three weeks three Shavasan which will ultimately finish off with Shabbos Tisha Tisha B'Av Matas and Masay are a contradiction one to another Matas is staff staff stands still in one place Masay is referring to journeys careful, careful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the parshias are very very full very very rich from from Dorim promises, vows all the way through to the Arimiklat to the cities of refuge um I would also like to make a dedication to Moshe Sani. Moshe, I forgot your mother's name, or your full name for that matter. Sorry. Wishing him a happy birthday, a little belated, but happy birthday nonetheless. And um, may Hashem send you your zivug very, very quickly, speedily, and smoothly. Matas and Masay, as we said, starts off with the vows. Nidorim, if a person makes a nadir, how can the nadir be nullified? and we have Chazak of Bamidbar, and of course we'll mention once again, no, we've mentioned it in previous shooting but it's a beautiful beautiful connection and therefore it's only right that we'll do it again today although some people listen to the archives and heard it but maybe I'll explain it better this time hmm. I'd like to open the story only because I didn't Get the story in last week, and I really w- was remorseful, and feel very bad I didn't. A woman was approached, the Babitch woman, by a woman who told her, "You know your Rebbe is still alive." <laughs> I don't know if this woman, the Hasidist, that was a Chabad, is a Mishachist, anti Mishachist, believes it doesn't whatever she does, it doesn't believe. This woman was definitely bowled her over with this line. And she tells her, This is a story that happened to me. She had a friend, have a friend. When she came doctor, her husband got very, very ill with the sickness, the illness. And they were in despair. They didn't know what to do anymore, where to turn. So I told her, I said, listen. There's so many people that say so many beautiful stories about the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Why don't you write a letter to the Rebbe and ask him for a bracha? Oh, she says. It's a wonderful idea, but if I write the letter and my husband finds out, then he'll kill me instead. But she says, you know what? The idea is great. You want to write it for me, please? She said, okay. Give me your husband's name, his mother's name, and she'll write. The prognosis, diagnosis, everything else she wrote everything and she sent the letter to the Rebbe a little while later the man went for a checkup and everything was clear it was gone doctors had no idea how it happened the wife knew and the friend knew but the, wife, the doctors didn't I'm not sure, I can't tell you for sure if the husband knew or not Fast forward 30 years, where communication with the Rebbe is a little bit di- more difficult now, although there are letters that the Rebbe has written, Igris Kedish, many people open Yigris Kedish for bracha. there are letters of Yigris Kedish in English, which you can open for Ibracha. and many people have received answers and blessings through this. But the actual olden day communication, where you went to the Rebbe for a dollar, or you went to the Rebbe for yachidis, so you just sent the letter to the mosquitoes, the secretariat, and the Rebbe read the letter and answered the letter, is a little more difficult. Thirty years later, the sickness came back. And obviously, with a vengeance. And there were two places that a man could go for treatment one was a doctor in New York and one was a doctor in Boston and they were at a loss they both had amazing reviews but you can't do both and you didn't want to have the wrong messenger oddly enough the friend that had written to the Rebbe 30 years prior was going through some old papers that were sitting on the desk. And there she found a letter from the Rebbe addressed to her address but to this friend. And this is dating back 30 years ago when they wrote to the Rebbe about the man's illness. And the Rebbe sent back a letter in response. <laughs> I highly doubt if you guessed the contents of the letter. But when they opened the letter, the Rebbe wrote, I know that you have two choices of either going to Boston or to New York. New York is definitely the better option. And the Rebbe gave a bracha. At the time when the man was ill the first time, there was no questions of where the doctors are going to, what, when, where they had the doctor they were using. But now, 30 years later, they had this question, which the ever answered 30 years prior. But for whatever, gosh forsaken reason, the letter did not arrive to the recipient's hand at the time. Well, we know the reason, obviously, is because it wasn't relevant until that moment. So this is a letter, this is a story that I literally... It's a referral WhatsApp, as we say in America. I received it over WhatsApp and via WhatsApp or my family received it, someone in the family did, and put it on the group. And I say it when I tell the story over and over. It gives me chills. I must confess. But I also understand and see in real time, as we say in America how the never is with us every step of the way. Of the way. Um. beginning of the Parsha of Mathis, as we said before, whoops, what happened, why why is that answering on video, hold on a second, let me figure out what's going on here, Why is this not coming up as video? There you are. Now that's your video, but now you don't see me. Whoops, I just took a screenshot. Not what I'm looking for. Something off color here. Let me let me call you back again on the video and see if we can get, get this to work. I don't know how to hang this one up even, it's not even working. Oh boy, this is getting more um, and more difficult. Now I see a miscall call from you. Okay, now let's see if this works. Okay. I'm sorry. Can we get back? Scranton, you're back online? I can't see you now. Oh, boy. Sorry. Ishki, the nether. A person commits himself to a vow. There are two ways for a vow to be nullified. Haforas nether, which is the nullification of the nether, of the vow, through a father or a husband, for a woman or a child. And the second way is ha-toras through a chalcham. Which more literally would translate me, as freeing of the nether or abolishing the nether. How does this affect our service to God? In essence, a vow a person takes upon themselves. Something that they were doing until now, and they take upon themselves not to do it. Something they're allowed to do. We find in different Svarim, different ways that this could happen. Somebody that's in a very, very lowly state, in his service to God, and decides he's now going to deprive himself from worldly things that are permissible. Because he feels that going after, by following these worldly um, desires, it's dragging him down. These desires are called in, in Yiddish or in Hebrew, Maisreis, extras, superfluous items. So therefore he wants to strengthen himself in the service to God. And he, prom- he vows, he swears off of this. And separates himself from things that are allowed. From here, the Chazal tell us, if you're keeping track, in Mesech this Ovis, we're learning Pirke Ovis, Gimel, Mishnah Gimel, which is next week, not next week, the week after, because on the next week, as we're going to learn, was B'Av, and we will not be saying Pirkei Ovis. And in Pirkei Ovis it says, Nidarim siog laprishus. Nidarim is a border for separation. By making another, a person separates themselves from things they don't have to do. And ultimately brings the person to a different level, spiritually, where the person can connect to God in a better way. Where sometimes, we find ourselves at a loss. We find ourselves just disconnected. We find ourselves not being able to function Focus. Find that, Get a handle of things, for whatever reason it might be, and mostly, of course, spiritually. So the person tries to pull in the reins, as we call it. Rabbi Groner, Zangstark, the rabbi's secretary, told the story when he was younger. I believe I told the story also when he was younger um, he was what we call in America a little bit of a spoiled brat and he didn't find it comfortable enough to eat in the yeshiva kitchen. so he'd bring lunch from home so when it came lunchtime, he would sit with a few of the other guys at his circle they all had their own sandwiches, whatever it was. Those days we weren't into salads. <laughs> <laughs> and they were eating. A one of the boys had gone out and bought, uh-oh, help me out here. He bought marojna. Ice cream. ice cream, thank you. He bought ice cream. And he was sitting and eating, licking the ice cream at the time a chassid had arrived from a Tvotsk his name was Roshmildu V'draychik he was ultimately the shliach in California he was definitely what we would consider a Bainini in the Tanya. he was a very very special holy person and he walked into the Vesmedish and he saw this boy licking an ice cream and he grabbed his face his own face and he screamed out he couldn't believe that a boy in was eating something moisous something that they don't need something that's totally extra in life please do not take a lesson from this that you can't eat ice cream um, there's too many companies out there that would come after me for that. And besides, we're not at that level, unfortunately, today. It doesn't mean to eat ice cream three times a day, mind you. Don't go off the track with that. Talk to your local nutritionist first. Somebody, though, that doesn't go after my that doesn't enjoy the pleasures of life, he has no reason to swear off, to make a nether, to take a vow, Separated from them. He separates automatically. And the Ramam talks about this person. The person should not increase his vows, but rather should automatically, on his own, with his own initiative, separate himself from things he doesn't need. Because such a person of such a level separates himself from these things even without a vow, without promising to do so. So the person that has no doubt that this permissible item will not drag him down into the dregs, will not bring him down into the low of low. Because he's a servant to God. But, and this person goes and makes a neder, a vow to do something. Extra on top of that, the Razal tells us, Lay dayacho masha osra, lach hoa tayra, elishat mevakish, desra lech advarim achedim. Is not enough. The mother is Yerushalmi, if you keep your score home, in the darim peri dalar al lach Not enough what the prohibit prohibited, prohibited. You need to add prohibitions. person like this needs to find himself in worldly items and worldly issues in order to elevate them to Kedusha. Because the ultimate goal in life is, the ultimate world is Kedusha. Spirituality. Holiness. And therefore if we have an ice cream cone and we make a bracha the way we should make on it which you better see your local authorities before you eat one. Because there are those of the opinion that you make a mizanis first on the cone and then a the shahakal on the ice cream. There are those that just make the shahakal on the ice cream and forget when they're eating the cone that they're eating mizainas. Then there are those of the opinion if you bite off the bottom of the cone and you make a mizanis first, then when you're halfway through the ice cream, it's going to come out from the bottom. That's a mess. Regardless, we're not going to Hilka's ice cream cone. But by taking that ice cream cone, making the proper bracha to it, on it, you're elevating this ice cream cone to where it belongs. We take a salad, because that's what the nutritionist wants us to eat, and we make the proper baby adamas. And beripia eats salad. Yes, what part of salad, Rabbi? Is a pure eats avocados. Thank you, Rabbi. And of course, you make the haetz before you make the hadama. Because once you make the hadama, you already made the the etc., etc., etc. But you eat this not with intentions. I have to lose weight because it's good for my metabolism, because I'm eating this the shame Shemaim. I need to exist so I can learn Torah and do mitzvahs. And therefore I'm eating whatever I need to eat. Whether it's a carb, whether it's a starch, whether it's a protein, whether it's whatever other families there are. Don't mix carbs with proteins. Don't mix these dietitians never took spaghetti and meatballs and put it down the drain unless of course you have whole wheat spaghetti or spelt spaghetti then you're not so bad don't believe any of that spaghetti and meatballs was time in history people ate spaghetti and meatballs not only Italians and they survived everything in moderation and everything with a bracha and a bracha and you take this item that you just ate, and you elevate it. Obviously, with moderation means, a person eats a portion, and they finish their portion, and they're satisfied. Unfortunately, many of us say, you know what, I could eat another portion. And they indulge. And then they sit back afterwards and open a notch in the belt, and say, Ugh, oh, was that good. But, it was not necessary. You would have been just as satisfied with only the first portion. So this, the person is told, if you have the proper intentions and the proper things in mind, this is what you should be doing on a constant basis in life. no reason to make a nether not to from here we'll see the difference between haforas <inaudible> nedorim and hatoras <inaudible> nedorim the father who is made for the nether and the rov who is matir the nether a person that prohibits themselves from things that are permissible if he's in a lowly level and needs to separate himself from worldly items, you need to be Mayfir and mevatel nether. You need to totally destroy it nullify it. Which means, we take this person, and we elevate them to a level, that they are no longer succumbing to the actual Yetzirah of it. But it's done, of course. But it's saying without a nether. Higher than this is the yinavat tardas nedarim through a chacham. By coming to a chacham and telling the chacham that you made a nether, and the chacham says mutrlach, mutrlach. Mutrlach, we are now dealing with a concept known as das Torah. Yes, a concept that I propagate often. Das Teda is not just an opinion. When a love a Meira, Hedah, a person that actually has learned, has actually done what they need to do and knows what they need to know, in the words of Teda, and are ordained to give a Psak Halacha, their words are the words of Tera. Are the opinion of Tera. And oftentimes you will find how Ebsak Halacha that's given by, by a proper love nullifies the strangest and the weirdest things. And the hardest things. All of a sudden everything becomes good. It's, excuse me, it becomes all good. This is a very, very powerful concept. A very strong concept. And so one goes to a Rav, and they are Matri Nezer. The Chochem brings down Kedusha al into the person so they don't need to come on to separating themselves forcefully from things that they don't need. But it gives the person the power. It gives the person the strength and the peace of mind to persevere and to overcome. This has to be matched with, paired with, The concept of Syata Dishmaya. With the concept of Syatidish Maya, the person says, I go to the love and what the love says I do. And they don't bounce from one love to another till they find a love that says what they want to hear. But they go to one love and one love only, and they allow that love to direct, to guide, to lead, to protect. Because their words are words that are going to give you the power, the strength to overcome, to persevere. And you think to yourself, he's a rabbi, an old-time rov with a white beard, I am coming to him with a very, very integral problem, integral, a very personal problem, a very deep problem, a very tied up, involved problem, what does he have? What does he know already? Tells us the teira hatorahs nedaren maydei The rav has the power of teira in his hand and in his mind. And a rav that's a Yir Shemayim, gives a psagdin, and according, if you go follow the psagdin to the t, you find, unconditionally, everything works out. The problem becomes the person that says, "I got to improvise." what the rabbi said he's a little off over here I got to make sure I got to tweak it when you think you have to tweak the roves that's when you're in trouble that's when you're running yourself ragged let us jump ahead to Pashas Masai Although there's so much more to talk about in Pashas This is a quick, a quick journey, <laughs> play on words, to Pashas Masai. In the beginning of Pashas Masai, it starts off Eile Masai B'nai Yisrael. These are the journeys that the Jews took. Made it time when they left Egypt oh, we've discussed this so many times and we've used the riddles and the questions and the backs and forths. it takes one journey to leave Egypt once you're out of Egypt the rest of the journeys are journeys but they're no longer leaving Egypt you left Egypt so why are there journeys in plural What is this lesson to us in life? I was disheartened to unfortunately hear somebody tell his child how this Teda is a story. Stories of the Teda that happened many years ago. (laughs) Chas v'chalila, I said. Teda is Lashon Hei it's a lesson that is constant to us forever. For those that are going to watch the video are going to be perturbed about the background of the picture that I've been missing. I don't know where it is. Um, I just caught my eye. That's I realized. The journeys that the fa- our forefathers took upon leaving Egypt are not a story are not something of the past this is something that the Imara if you're keeping score at home Pesachim Perik Yud Hay, and also of course in the Tanya the beginning of Perik Mem Zayin Every generation, a person needs to feel as they themselves have left today Egypt. The concept of Yitzhah Mitzrayim, leaving of Egypt, spiritually, is directly connected to each and every Jew on a daily basis. Everything that we do when we serve God, every level that it might be that a person reaches out to, because they have potential to rise up and to advance to a higher level, the level in which they are at at, the at now is called Mitzarim. Is called a boundary. This is tying him. And therefore the person is obligated to find each and every day that he is leaving his Mitzarim. Lots Yitzmim And to go higher and higher. And what was the ultimate journey to Eretz Teva Rechavah? to the beautiful, good land, and full land. From the tightest spot to the broadest, to the widest of service to God. As a person finds sometimes in their own emotions that every second it grows stronger and stronger. So the fact is, that your emotions a second ago were restricted they were being restrained and they graduated now to a next level and we still don't notice it because already the next second it's already gone to another level higher and the same a person needs to achieve within their own spiritual life they need to achieve that they rise up every second of the day to a higher and higher level, knowing knowledgeably that right now, currently, my spiritual situation is in a Meitzah. <laughs> it's tied up, it's bound. I need to broaden my horizons. I need to go out of this Meitzah. And this is therefore what we learned about the Messiah that the Jews took in the desert. When a person finds himself even in the higher level, they need to know that they need to strive to get even higher. A person can't say, I've done it, I've reached, I've achieved. But every day a God gives the person the strength to rise higher, and one needs to journey higher to get out of their mitzvah. And nobody is allowed to be complacent. No one is allowed to sit on their laurels and say, I have achieved, I am therefore about Baal Madrege now, and I don't need to work on myself any longer. On the other hand, when are in a level of despair, when we get to a point where we feel we can't handle anymore, God forbid a person may not come to Yush. A person cannot give it up. The Jews were in the 49 levels of Tumah in Mitzrayim. And they went just that one journey leaving Egypt from the lowest level of low, from 49 levels of Tumah. They went to the extreme, to the highest of highs. And then thereon rose up higher and higher. So therefore we see that each and every one of us has potential. That with one jump, with one journey, we can take ourselves out of our current situation and achieve reaching Eretz Teva Rechava which comparison to our previous level is immeasurably greater. And to go from there to another level, to another journey, to another journey, until we come to the Geulas now Not to miss out, I want to go jump now to Chazak. The last Pasuk of Chumash Midbar. Taylor is eternal. So therefore, what is the beginning and the end of Chumash B'amid were connected? Before Taylor was given to the Jewish people, we all know that Hashem came and requested a guarantor. That's going to be studied, observed. And they tried all different things. We spoke about this before Shuaš as well. Arvim Itanu. Our children will be our guarantors. Only then did God agree. Now let us go to the subject of Drush. This pshat them is Drush and Said. Let us take the Drush of this Pasek. The above-mentioned dialogue of Kabbalah Sateira, communication, commandments, sorry, the commandments, the ordinances, Hashem gave to Mishas through the children of Israel. Eirah Mitzvah, Mishpat, Meshit, Hashem, B'yad, Meshach, B'nei Yisrael. These are the mitzvahs and the mishpatan that God commanded to the hand of Mesha to the Jews, where in a place called Arvais Mayav. But now we're going to take this word a little bit and change it. Arvais is loshen Aravos, surety, guarantors. of from the father. The guarantees that were given by the fathers that their children will continue the Tera and this is the guarantors that HaKadosh Baruch accepted Yardin the word Yardin Al yarden Yirei Yardin is compiled of two words Yad and Nair. Yud Resh dalid Nun we have Yud dalid, is Yad Nun Resh is Ner Bosak saying Al Yad through the offering of the Ner, which is the children, children are the candles of the fathers, through this the Jews received the Taylor. They married to the recipient the recipients of the Taylor, which in turn brings them where? Ayyarin Yerechai to Yerechai. The word Yerechai Comes from the word Reach, an aroma. This implies that the is she- received thanks to our parents offering their candles, their children, as surety. This will provide yereich, the spiritual aroma, which will bring the spiritual contentment. Let us go back to the beginning of chumis this was the scene and this we said Chazak, Chazak and it's Chazaik let us go back to the beginning of the Chumash B'amidbar and Chumash B'amidbar states what happened here here we go again the beginning of the Chumash B'midbar starts, the Abishah spoke, of Me'esheh B'midbar Sinai, B'e'el Ma'yid. Hashbaruch spoke to Me'esheh B'midbar Sinai in the tent of meeting. This was in Midbar Sinai, the wilderness of Sinai. When is this specifically mentioned here? Because the Pasha is read always the Shabbos before Shavuos. Shavuos commemorates the giving of the terry in the wilderness of Sinai. Therefore it's emphasized to remind us that Hashem consented to give the Taylor only for the guarantees offered our children. Here we therefore see the beginning and the end of Chumash Bamidbar intertwined which is the giving of the Teira with the children as guarantors which is true education how we need to educate our children properly in a thorough way. This shou- this Sunday, phoo, <laughs> this Friday is a shchaidish of is A beautiful day. If you need to cut your nails, you got to do this so on Thursday because you can't. Well, actually, you should have done today. You have to do so on Thursday because you can't cut your nails Friday because it's shchaidish. You don't cut your nails shchaidish. is one of the few months, the few dates. Sorry, shchaidish. of is from the few dates in the Torah that are actually mentioned. The first day of the fifth month. Back in Parshish Kukas, we learned about the passing of Arnakain. But it didn't say when it was. Here, Torah mentions, it's on the first day in the fifth month, which is Menachem Av, Mishchidesh is the day that Aaron Akayim passed away. Why is it mentioned here? We know Mishchidesh Av is the middle of Beinah Mitzarim, the middle of the three-week period, Beinah Mitzarim. His passing was obviously a very sad event, as we spoke before, that the entire Jewish community mourned. Masa is always read in the middle of the three weeks. And it's always read either on or close to Rosh of. So therefore the Tera felt that it was only a proper tribute, shall we say, it was only appropriate to mention the passing of Aaron in this Pasha as by its date. Why the passing of Aaron? Because the passing of Aaron reflects upon his love for fellow Jews. And each and every one of us need to endeavor to emulate his ways. Unfortunately, one of the primary causes of the destruction of the Besamikdash was sinaskhanim. Baseless hatred and animosity. You see, if you keep your score at home, Gimbara Yuma Testament But through true Abbas Yisrael, we will speedily merit the ultimate redemption and the rebuilding of the third Beis HaMikdash. The story is told the a woman that was I guess she was a party planner and she had a very big event for Chabad in her area. And um, unfortunately, two weeks before the event, she landed up in hospital. She had an issue with her leg—I don't know what—and she was in hospital. But her not being out there preparing the event was suicidal for the event. Shall we say it was a definite destruction? so she did whatever she could to set up shop in the hospital she got a computer she got whatever she needed phone designated phone line whatever she got set up that she could work in the hospital even though she's there to rest and to convalesce but the show must go on and she has to prepare this, this party this event it was late at night and she was Tapping away, apparently, on her, on her laptop, whatever it was. The doctor comes in. The head of the department walks in. He says to her, What are you doing? It's so late at night. You're supposed to be here to convalesce and to rest up. Why would you be sitting here in this hour working? And she explained... I have an event in two weeks for the Babic for Chabad Babic organization. Oh, this is whoa, whoa, whoa. Hmm. Chabad Lebavitch. Let me tell you about the Rebbe. I'm not a Choset I'm hardly from. But let me tell you a story of me and the Rebbe. I worked was in the army and I became a doctor in the army I guess that's what the story was and they paid for his medical training whatever it was he became a doctor and then he took on to his own private practice Ba and he received a phone call from the army that they're having a major problem in the Philippines the soldiers stationed in Guam are getting sick and they're being hospitalized and the hospital is almost full already to the capacity and the army base is so almost empty they want him to go down there Because the doctors are working on it and scratching their head and coming up with nothing. They want him to go down there to Guam. And uh, try to figure it out. What's causing this epidemic? Well, he told his mother about it and his mother said okay there's a problem with the video and she said, okay on one condition I want you to do a little detour this little detour should go through it froze this little detour should go through Brooklyn, New York and I want you to go see the Rebbe go to the Babaji Rebbe first I don't know why the video froze I actually restart the computer just for the video so that I shouldn't do this but okay go see the Babaji Rebbe first he says, Mother, I don't know what you want from the Bavich Debbe, what you have with the Bavich Debbe, but, makes you happy. It's going to be a, a schlep. I'll go. Mother made some phone calls, pulled some strings, and lo and behold, got him an appointment. Going to this. Doctor came to New York, Landed in New York, left the airport, went to Brooklyn, and uh, got his appointment at four thirty in the morning. Came to the Rebbe at four thirty in the morning and he told the Rebbe the story. In Guam Maisa chef Rebbe said one minute. Listen to the story. They ever picked up the phone and spoke to the secretary or somebody out on the other end of phone asked him to bring a map of the Philippines. You hear? Bring a map of the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> Lo and behold, about 10-15 minutes later the secretary brings this big map they ever takes the big map puts it on his table takes out a, a ruler type whatever it is a piece of wood straight edge and starts drawing lines from here to there from here to there and here to there and after he says I don't know how long this took the driver said ah That is, I want you to see this point right here in Guam. I want you to go there in the morning, early, early morning. I imagine according to the temperatures and according to the winds, according to the season now, it should be low tide at about four or four thirty in the morning. And at that time, I want you to go take a sample. A sample of the Ice. beach. of the sand. <laughs> and then he drew him exact map exactly where he had to go. Put the map in his pocket very respectfully. And he left. And he got to Guam. And he sat there with all the doctors scratching their heads. He totally forgot about this he changed the pants the next day into the pair of pants and left the paper in their pants mm-hmm. and he really so now he's, he's basically good to go and he and the doctors are racking their brains out to get the solution to what's going on here. But come what may, they're not being very successful. And he had totally forgotten about his visit to the Rebbe, about the whole story, the whole scenario. No. Draw here, pulling this, pulling blood, pulling samples, pulling this. They got nowhere. Then one day he remembers the Rebbe's map. He says, Where is it? And he gets He goes, looks and looks, looks for the map. And he finds the map. He finds the map. And he tells his colleagues about it. And the colleagues were intrigued, to say the least. And they said, okay. And they went out to the exact location where the Rebbe told them to, at the exact time the Rebbe told them to, at low tide. And they scraped up from the sand over there. And they found these little, I forgot what they were called, like parasite type of things and what happened was when they were under the water when the tide was regular tide it was being diluted they couldn't find these things so only now at the low tide in this place were they able to find it and this was indeed what was making everybody sick and they were able to make up an antidote for it and everybody went on their merry way back where they had to and he says to the lady I tell you the story but I don't have any connection with the Rebbe I'm not a Chassid. I didn't become any Fruma but this is who the Rebbe is and this is when you tell me that you're doing something for the Baruch that's why I have the utmost respect though because I know that this is really something that is real may we merit I didn't get into any halachas again so those of you that have to know that we don't wear fresh clothing on the nine days in the nine days those who don't wear fresh clothing should try on all their clothes tomorrow for a s- short time shirts or whatever they are should not be freshly pressed throughout the nine days there are those that take it and rub it on the floor which is whatever it's supposed to be but the idea is really to wear it once and to worn out so that it's not a fresh fresh garment. <coughs> In the nine days. Um, as far as showers, anything else, call your local authority. Main thing is Yahvakhi of the Sosin, the Simcha. And this Yard site, the should be the last of the Yard sites and the first of his renewing of the new temple by Yisashlishi, in Yerushalayim, Ira Kredish, this Shabbos, Shabbat, Shalom to all.